Hello, and welcome to the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Our goal of the show is to uncover, eradicate, and to dismantle racism, because we really do want to create a world where racial equity and social justice exist for everyone. I want to invite you, if you've not already done so, to please make sure that you subscribe to the show. I love, love, love that you listen to the show. I would really love if you would subscribe as well on your favorite platform and tell a friend about the show. We want to really make sure that people are getting the knowledge that they need in order to participate actively in dismantling racism. It's really great to listen to the show. It's really great to take a workshop and say, oh, that was really wonderful information I received. But the way we dismantle racism is to be active to engage in the process. The guests who come on this show, they share a bit about their daily lives and in hope that you will be inspired to continue on the journey if you already have, because I know it can be daunting sometimes, but their stories are here to inspire you, to encourage you, to uplift you, and to give you tips on some things that you might be able to do as well. As always, I invite you to go to sacredintelligence.com where you can learn more about me and how to work with me. If you've not done so, please make sure that you pick up a copy of my book, Dismantling Racism, Healing Separation from the Inside Out. And as you know, there are meditations to accompany the book. So I would love for you to go to your favorite platform and download those meditations as well. They're helpful to you, particularly uh, for dismantling racism, but they're not exclusively for dismantling racism. They're really to ground you and to really center you for difficult conversations that you might have as you're walking the sacred intelligence journey of faith in whatever area of your life, but again, particularly for dismantling racism. So as always, I wanna start the show by grounding and centering us, reminding us of how important our breath is. Because when we pause to take that moment to breathe, we're reminded of who we are, whose we are, and we're reminded of the purpose of our conversation or whatever our goal is at the moment. So if you would, I want to invite you please to just find a place to sit comfortably to plant your feet on the floor. If you're outside, it's even better because you can connect your feet with the ground underneath you and connect with the earth and with nature. And close your eyes, please, if you can. And just begin to breathe in and out. Taking a really deep breath in very slowly and holding your breath and then releasing it very, very slowly. One more time, just take a deep breath in very slowly and hold your breath, and then release. And I want to invite you just to breathe in and out at your normal rhythm. Take a moment to connect with your breath, the unique way that you inhale and exhale. Pay attention to whether it's shallow or rapids, or whether in the process your brain wants to move faster and doesn't want to take the time to slow down. Pay attention to what's happening when you're asked to simply focus on your breath. Be reminded that your breath is that which signifies that there is life within you, that you are life itself, that you are love and you are loved. Pay attention to your breath and know that with each breath inside of you is your sacred intelligence, which is that part of you that helps you to make intelligent choices, to manifest your greatness while simultaneously manifesting the greatness of others. 
Take a deep breath in and out. Acknowledging not only are you loved unconditionally, you are divinely created. Just breathe in that knowledge just for a moment and connect with your divinity, connect with your sacredness, connect with your wonder, your power, connect with your greater source, connect with those who came before you those who stand and support you now. Connect with the fullness of who you are. Let your breath guide you into that moment of complete acceptance. Now draw strength from that acceptance. Knowing that the work that you do is important your ideas, your goals. Know that your power helps to change the status quo. So breathe in and out, knowing that the power of one contributes to the power of community. What you do matters. So take a deep breath in. And exhale really slowly. And we say, and so it is. Ashe and amen. That always makes me feel really good because it centers and it grounds me as well to engage in the conversation. And it's so important when we are talking about race, racism, or anything that can be triggering or we feel highly charged in the conversation, it's so important to ground ourselves before we engage. But it's also important that while we're having the conversation, that we remember to breathe. It is crucial because it is in the breath where we will find the answers. It is in the breath where we will find the questions that we need to ask. And it is in the breath that we might just simply need to be still in that moment. So today I wanna just share a little bit um, before inviting my guests to come on. You know, July is Mental Health Awareness Month in the Black community or in communities of color. And you know that there is a stigma. You've heard me say it on the show before with other guests. There often is a stigma about getting help and treatment in our communities because of what has happened to us historically with systems. So whether that be going back to the Tuskegee Institute uh, research on, on, on syphilis, where Black men were intentionally injected with syphilis for a research study and how that destroyed so many members of our community, whether it be that study or whether it be uh, how we have been treated when we've gone in to get help, when we're already treated like there's something wrong with us when we're going in just simply to ask for help, we're treated as deviant or we're ignored often. There are a plethora of reasons why we don't choose to get mental health treatment. But it is essential that we do. It is essential that we stop wearing our pain like it's a badge. And so today on our show, we are going to be talking with my guest, who's actually a diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist, but she has found a way to impact her community by taking notice of mental health. My guest today is Lakeisha, Lakeisha excuse me, Kopich. 
She is the founder and principal of Coppage Consultant, LLC. She has a bachelor's of science degree in human services. She has a master's of science degree in human services as well. And again, she has done so much work in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And she is very, very passionate and committed to doing this work. And because she noticed what was happening in her community, she decided to do something to impact her community. So I want you to listen in really carefully today because the work that she does on diversity, equity, and inclusion is exclusive of the community work. They are related in terms of just looking at the disparities and what is happening in her community. But I want you to know that you can do something in your community, in your organization, in your church, in your family to impact the world, to dismantle racism. So our show today is about doing what you can. You know my favorite quote, start where you are, use what you have and do what you can by Arthur Ashe. So today we're going to talk with my guest about exactly how she has done that in her community. So I want to welcome to the show today, Lakeisha. Lakeisha, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show today. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I am thrilled, humbled, and excited to be here and to talk with you and your guests about this topic and around mental health awareness resources. And as my favorite quote, putting our money where our mouth is to support our community. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Well, Lakeisha, so before we go to the break, I want to start, um, if I can, just by asking you, so for me, I do the meditations that helps to ground me. And, um, you know, based on on my work um, in sacred intelligence, I talk about, um, you know, being connected with something higher than myself. And that helps to ground me. So what grounds you and keeps you engaged in all the work that you do? I'm still trying to find a 100% foolproof because I'm always in seek of deeper connection. But what I go to first is my spiritual guidance. I am a believer and I believe that praying and reading the word will continue to guide me on this journey. I also have an amazing family who are there to listen to me and to allow me to share in private spaces where I can't in public spaces. Mm-hmm. And, and and saying that, I believe that in those conversations and in those quiet closet moments, I'm able to wake up every day still committed to doing this work and expanding this work. Yes. Well, you know, you said something really important in that is you're still trying. And that's really important that people know that th- this is a continuous journey. Absolutely. And there's some days that we feel more grounded than others. And so that's why we give, or I in particular give this tool of breathing to help us to remember to do that and to connect with whatever grounds us because they're challenges all the time. Well, Lakeisha, we do have to take a quick break and we're going to come back in just a few minutes. And I want to begin then by inviting you to tell us a little bit about your work in DEI. We'll be right back with the Dismantle Racism Show. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. 
Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape thriving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and intangify your business today. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. We're back with the Dismantle Racism show. My guest today is Lakeisha Copedge. And before our break, Lakeisha, I was inviting you when we returned to talk to us a little bit about what is the work that you do in diversity, equity, and inclusion? Our mission at Copedge Consulting, and I can't do this work alone with my cultural consultants, we hope to foster awareness share representation, and um, impact the collective goal while uplifting through a humble approach and providing strategic planning to support an organization or institution's um, commitment to equity, Mm -hmm. diversity, inclusion, and belonging. Mm -hmm. And we do this in multiple ways. We provide specialized training to the organizations. For example, if we are working with a financial institution, our critique curriculum will be shaped with examples to reflect the community that we're working with. And if it's a a different institution, then of course, it would be relatable in how we approach the curriculum. There isn't a cookie cutter program that we offer. We pride ourselves in specializing to industry and organization, as well as going into those organizations and providing an equity audit strategy with that includes some of those specialized trainings, particular to their their issues and barriers that they see and that that has been uncovered through our process. Mm. So what would you say, you know, to organizations who feel like they've taken one workshop in diversity or two workshops in diversity? And then they say, we've talked about this enough. Right. They say, I'm competent. I know it all. I'm good. I can connect this work. I'm, I don't need any more. Well, what I tell them is that our philosophy of cultural humility is grounded in the reason why the continued learning is needed. And it isn't a one-off. We are very transparent in saying that not our, not even our training, our one-off or that box checked is, is going to change minds. Uh, I'll start with the first tenet of the culture humility philosophy and it's self-reflection, um, critical self-reflection and lifelong learning. Mm-hmm. And once we put in our mind that we are never all knowing, right? We're, we're not, I, I already said, I, I'm a spiritual person. So my Lord above is the only entity that I know that is all knowing. And we are not all knowing, and we must continue to seek out professional development, understanding, because different situations will spark different things that are embedded in us that we may not have touched on at this time. Uh, I would say, first of all, let's have a a, a mind shift and understand the importance of lifelong learning and critical self-reflection. I I love that because um, the other thing that happens with self-reflection is, is that we understand that that our perspective is just that. It is only our perspective. It does not mean that is truth. And if we were to, as one of my colleagues, uh, Anne-Marie Schrouder says, is that if we were to just think about that is the perspective for me, for me, not not for all of us. Because even though, let's say the two of us, we're two uh, women, we're two women of color, um, we're two women who teach about diversity, equity, and inclusion. But our perspectives are very, very different in terms of how we think about race, I'm sure, right? how we approach even teaching. And so that's the other thing that people have to understand. You can ask people who are very similar the same question and get two different responses. And like we had a conversation about African-American versus Black. What do you like to be called? So it's not okay if I say to a person, call me African-American, to go ask somebody else, what do you like to be 
uh, call so that you can try to dispute, mm-hmm. right? And so I really appreciate you talking about being expansive and letting people know that it's not just taking a course from you, it's taking a course from multiple people, or it's immersing yourself in multiple ways. So what sparked you to become interested in doing work in diversity in the first place? I'm a Black woman. (laughs) I've dealt with my series of diverse uh, racism and the intersectionalities that I carry. And I believe if you ask the family member, they will say I've been doing this work for my entire life. I've always been the person, the child who would advocate for the disenfranchised, or I Mm -hmm. tried to. I was the one who tried to keep peace in the family. Mm -hmm. And as an early educator, which I pride myself as an early educator forever, this was a part of my curriculum, as well as um, the staff that worked with us. We prided ourselves in creating a culturally sensitive environment. I didn't have the language at that time about cultural humility, cultural sensitivity. I just knew that how I felt from the things that I incurred, the things that I saw around me, becoming more and more educated and aware of what was actually happening and realized that it was my responsibility to create space, right? We all have a a responsibility to create space, to utilize our privileged platforms effectively. And I, I want it to be the underdog, the underdog, the underprivileged, disenfranchised advocate and champion ambassador. And therefore I put myself in a space of learning, of teaching and trying to be the best example I can for not just my family, but also for my community. And that's a constant battle every day to show up and show out to continue to do this work. (laughs) Right. Do you know, I have to tell you, Lakeisha, I just love this phrase, cultural humility, because that already sets the stage when someone is going to work with you. It's in the name. It's in it. (laughs) That we have to humble ourselves in order to do this work. Absolutely. So if you're not ready to do that, (laughs) maybe maybe you don't need to show up to this particular training because when I hear that work, that means that you're going to push, push people to do that. And I think that what you just described in your journey shows that humility. It shows where you had to do that that self-reflection and, and even though it may be your natural gift, you're born to do it. It's what you're called to do. That gift has to be nurtured. And I know from doing this work that you have to humble yourself a whole bunch. When people say crazy things during, during your training, you have to, to not be reactive Mm -hmm. to that. So, um, so Lakeisha, let's, let's just shift a little bit if we could, because it's really important, um, the work that you're doing on diversity, equity, and inclusion. You do this work on a daily basis, but you don't stop there. It's personal for you. I mean, we live it, obviously, as Black women. We live, live this every day. It can be daunting to do it as a profession and as a calling. But now you've chosen to carry it in your community in a different way by looking at mental health. And so talk to me a little bit about why mental health? What prompted you to take a look at mental health in the Black community? Being true to myself in the couch that I needed during a national pandemic, national pandemics, we as a as a, a community of Black and BIPOC individuals find ourselves in this space of police brutality, ra- heightened racism, maybe every five to 10 years, and we look at it as though it's brand new. But to have to deal with this while we're isolated through the pandemic, COVID-19 really brought a lot to the forefront as well as social media brought a lot to the forefront about what disparities and and traumatic things that were happening in our community. And 
in really sitting with it and needing my couch, I said, you, how else can you, can, can I use my platform? Mm-hmm. I have a section of my, of my company that is about community engagement. I give in private, I give openly. And, and that's not just of finances, that's of resources, that's of time, that's of attention, that's serving on boards in the community. However, I needed this for me. And mm-hmm. I don't sound selfish often, but that was a selfish move for me to say, I need this for me. And who else needs this? Well, so, <laughs> I, so from my perspective, everything I look at in life is based on sacred, selfish, and shared. Selfish to me is just turning inward to do the self-examination. So thank you for being selfish because as a result of that, tell me what you have started then. Tell me about the carnival that's coming up. Yes, we are in its Trinity year, which is the third annual year for this mental health carnival. And we're intentional with it being a carnival because we want to also bring forward the fun, the the happiness, the things, the the circus of the mind, if you will, that happens throughout the mental health struggle. And I'm intentional with calling it mental health. People had suggested health and wellness. And I wanted to be intentional because mental health, we want to destigmatize those words. Mm -hmm. And this year it's affectionately titled let us help you find your couch. And it's a holistic approach in doing so. Mm-hmm. And it is, there's a lot of restrictions around grants. And I want it to be the walking example of, in terms of coppage consulting, of saying, I am not going to put you in a box. I'm going to create create a space of equity of couch needs. Mm-hmm. And therefore the funding will go to those who apply, who attend, and who are brave enough to say, I, I would like this help without any intrusion, just show up. And so what's the funding? What are you, what are you giving? Yeah. So we provide $500 grants. We've been able to provide $5,000 total in the last two years. And we are hoping to do more than that this year. We have a, a solid funder who provides a great portion. And then we fundraise through various sponsorship levels. Uh, and it's just so exciting to see the community come together, whether they show can show up physically, but to p- support financially for our community. That's awesome. Yes. So what, so what happens at the carnival? I know we have to take a, a, a break, but so what happens it, actually when people show up? We have a licensed therapist that meets the demographic that we're supporting this particular year, which we've expanded to the Latinx community. So we have local therapists and counselors. We have local resource and awareness organizations that support those who are in need of mental health support and uh, care. We have food, of course. We have activities. We have sound healing workshop this year. We're so blessed. We have a massage therapist and um, someone who can read your blood pressure, make sure it's okay for you to get in there and get a massage. And tons of fun for children and families, as well as vendors who will want to share their resources and connect you with the organizations that can help. So people can just show up. And if at if this point, it's on in. Saturday. So you can go to my website and see if there's still space and register there. Um, I don't know if I should share that now, but it's uh, www.coppageconsulting.com. Click on community engagement. And or you can email me through the contact. If the fee is a hardship, feel free to respond. I have a very limited amount of seats because people have been engaging and they are interested in coming. So we're more than halfway, more than about 75 to 80 percent at capacity. So if you're interested, go sign up today. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Lakeisha, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and continue to talk a little bit more about uh, mental health um, as well, particularly in our community. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. We'll be right back. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. 
post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D., the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. We're back with my guest, Lakeisha Kopich, today. And Lakeisha, you know, we were talking about at, at the beginning of the show, I talked about sometimes in our community, there's the stigma with going to get mental health treatment. Tell me a little bit about the narrative that you had to change in your head to say, it's okay for me to go and find my couch. And I love that reference, finding my couch, as in sitting on the couch talking to your therapist. So talk a little bit about that. I think the biggest narrative that I had to break down in myself and what I felt as a strong Black woman is that vulnerability is okay. Vulnerability is necessary. Vulnerability is what will keep you going. And it, as it's sustainable. And so in thinking about the narrative of a, of a strong Black woman, it's a Black woman doing everything, being mm-hmm. everything, knowing everything, supporting everything. And mm-hmm. therefore, I realize I am a superwoman, but I'm not. I'm not against being vulnerable, but I am trying to change the strong Black woman narrative. Mm-hmm. And also as a Christian, growing up as a Christian, I I was told to just pray about it. And I believe po- there's a power in prayer, but faith without works is dead. So therefore I must put action behind the prayer and action behind uh, just even meditation. It takes action. So, so let's talk about that for a minute. Cause you know, I, I think there are a lot of ways that religion re- wounds people. And I know I can only speak from being in a black church because, uh, well, I used to pastor a predominantly white church, but just in terms of the things that we say, I think it's very harmful to say, just pray about it, or um, you're not praying hard enough, you're not praying hard enough because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't have depression, you wouldn't have anxiety, or you did something to cause this. And so I think that it's very important, particularly when we're talking about dismantling racism, is to dismantle those views that we have in our community about getting help. And church, since for many of us, church has been always a significant part, even historically with us. And so we have to dismantle the narratives that we've had heard, maybe our parents or our aunties or our grandparents say to us, we have to dismantle those. And I think the other thing that we have to do is we have to really realize that there is intergenerational trauma. So back from the days in which we were enslaved and had our children taken away from us and had to learn how to emotionally deal with our babies being ripped from us, or being treated like animals and just had to stiffen up because crying didn't serve a purpose. In fact, it might hurt us. Those things have been carried along. The generational trauma of being enslaved has been carried along. And so it's important for us to get mental health. 
Absolutely. Mental health help. Absolutely. Uh, I started out when you asked me about my comfortable space or what do I go through? I said, I'm a spiritual person. It's because I'm challenging the man-made portions of religion. And so when I speak to my spirituality, it's about my connection with, with my God. Yes. And, yes. And, and that means I have to connect, right? I have to continue to learn. I have to continue to seek and I have to continue to pray and put the work behind it. Well, and I think what's beautiful about what you're saying when we're talking about your connection with God, your, not your mama's, not anybody else, it's your. And then if we get to this place where we can connect with our sacred source, that source is going to tell you what's the best for you. And that's why, like in my book on on sacred um, dismantling racism, the sacred intelligence journey of faith, where where I'm looking at... um, you know, that faith journey, right? What are you connected with? What's your motive for even doing this work? And so when we think about mental health, what is the motive for why you're going to get mental health treatment? And that's because something's not right Mm -hmm. and that we can't continue to carry these burdens. So you had to change that narrative in order to say, you know, I'm going to go find my couch. So was that hard for you? Was it difficult when you told people, hey, look, I'm changing. I'm changing my my story here. Absolutely, because what it does is it creates space for us to look internally where, where most people around us are expecting us to be external beings and caring for their mental health through our actions mm. versus really internalizing what we need to not only for us, but also to be a better friend, sister, daughter, wife, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I announced the need for this, we were going as a family, as a nation, as a community through some of the most troubling and just awful mm. situations in our lives. Uh, I personally was dealing with loss mm-hmm. and I was dealing with loss, but my brother uh, lost his battle with mental health and it was devastating. And although I felt a kind of a push to make it about, make the focus about Black men. I had to put myself first. And Mm. therefore, our first year's focus was focused on Black women. Although we were open for any member of the BIPOC community to apply, we brought in representation from the Black woman therapy community, specialist community, resources. We're very intentional intentional about representation. Our second year was about men. My husband is my co my my deputy principal and co-founder of of an initiative called Voices, excuse me, of the barbershop and he was intentional of bringing black men leaders and and community members because again that couch is different. It's not the traditional therapist couch. It's maybe I need a mentoring group. Right. Maybe I need to, you know, get up at one of these these spaces and play some basketball because I'm I'm inundated with mm-hmm. others all day and I want to think about and I want to think about my mental health and this year we opened it up to the Latinx community and mm-hmm. our therapist represents that community our mm-hmm. our vendors are are uh, even those who are bringing as I mentioned our vendors we have new community leaders who are coming in new businesses that I'm supporting to bring them in intentionally to support this event so you know- every- is about that. You are absolutely opening the minds up of so many different people because just think about how much we're starting to talk about mental health more. Just you deciding you're going to be an example of that. Yeah. And now doing this carnival, you're bringing out so many people who are really starting to say, hey, wait a minute, maybe this sadness I'm feeling, maybe mm-hmm. it's not so normal. Maybe this anxiety I'm feeling It's not so normal. And we know, see, this is, well, maybe some people don't, but I think you and I do. We know that sometimes when people present in very irritable ways, very angry ways, ready to chop your head off for no reason, it's because inside they're not feeling good. They're not feeling well. And that's the best way that they know how to um, express it. Sometimes those people have been traumatized. We have to begin to think about trauma in the mental health community, isn't always because something has been done directly to you. When we watch Black men being beaten and killed and and maligned by the police, 
that's traumatic to us. When we are hypervigilant, when we go in a store, which we often are, uh, wondering if somebody is going to accuse us of something or or tell us we can't afford something in the store. If we go into an expensive store, like, oh, no, I don't think you want to look at that bag because it's probably too much. Mm-hmm. How do you know how much money they make? Like, it's the daily, Absolutely. daily microaggressions that occur. That stuff weighs on us. And so the, the issue for our listeners here is to really understand the multiple ways mental health impacts us as people of color and why it's important for us to get help. So when you needed to find your couch and to start looking for a therapist, what is one of the first things you did to say, I'm going to go find the help? I was true to the fact that I needed it and I couldn't fix it. My husband couldn't fix it. My mother, the the pastor couldn't fix it. My spirituality, God was saying, I approve. Once I I prayed through and heard God saying, I approve you using my man or woman or they or them, right? To Mm -hmm. help you. Mm -hmm. That's when I said, okay. Yes. And it wasn't easy. I had an intense research process because Mm -hmm. finding therapists that look like me that can relate to what I've gone through as a black woman, as a black business owner, as a mother, as a, as a daughter, as a, as a wife, it was difficult. And I needed a a different cultural perspective to be able to say, I'm comfortable with you as, as the the therapist who's going to guide my, my healing. So part of the healing team. Well, you're, you're bringing up something really important here. And there might be a white therapist out there who's listening or, or therapists of another race who's saying, but I could help you because I understand that you've experienced racism. Why is it still important for you to have someone who looks like you? Because the reality and what we know, and if they're really true to themselves, they could never experience what I've gone through as a Lakeisha or as a black woman. If they don't, if they don't look like me, if they don't share the same pigment in terms of representation, you cannot. And and 100% honest, I tried all. Mm. <laughs> and therefore, I, I needed to settle for someone who was relatable to my needs. And that meant going multiple times, not just looking at the person because of what how they identified, but also hearing them and understanding that they now hear me. And, and then something connected. Mm. So, so I'm going to push back just a little bit on this. Now, mind you, I get people all the time who want to come to me for that very same reason. And I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, I get it. I want to have somebody that looks like me as well, but that's not to say, and I think this is really important for our listeners to know, that's not to say that a person who doesn't look like us can't help us because it, first of all, it depends on what your issue is that you're going to treatment for. So I want to say that uh, first and foremost. Secondly, I want to say for anyone out here though, who wants to provide therapy for people who don't look like them and who are not a part of your same group, whatever that is, it is important for you to, to get to know that group. And it takes more than going to a workshop so that you can understand. Uh, that person when they come in and that you're not uh, giving them advice that doesn't work within the realm of their community. Because I think that what happens is, is that when we don't understand people racially, sometimes we're given advice based on our experience and it's not relevant. It's not going to work. And so the other thing is, it's also frustrating for us when we want to talk about race and people want to say, well, it's not really about race. It's about blah, blah, blah. Can I add to, to my comment? I I'm using I statements. I'm using why I believe that my couch that I have currently is most effective for me. Mm. What works for you works for you. And Mm. you're not, no one's discounted just by how they show up. I value the input and the partnership and collaboration from 
all ethnic groups, all those who bring a passion to do this work. I diversify my cultural consulting team by not just race, but by industry knowledge about generational uh, compliment, Mm. right? I'm not a millennial. Mm. I can't remember which gen I am sometimes, (laughs) but understanding the need to be that's right. 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 Uh, I only use I statements on what where I am now and the journey to get here and why. And, and you know, and Lakeisha, I really appreciate <laughs> that. We do have to take a break. Okay. I just wanted to make sure that we are sending the message. I appreciate right. that you're saying I. Not a lot of people are going to hear that, that you're making an I statement. And so that's why I want to be clear with our listening audience. You have to find the therapist that is right for you. I do agree with you going to someone who understands your culture and your race a little bit more. It takes down some of the, the initial stuff that you have to explain, right? And you can speak in a language that you're familiar with speaking with. And you don't have to always explain what something what something means because they get it and they know. But look, we have to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with our final segment of the Dismantle Racism Show. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc, Fridays at noon Eastern, and intangify your business today. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Lakeisha, we are back and we're in our final segment there. There are so many things I would love to continue to talk about, particularly uh, around mental health. But our time is limited, of course. And um, I want to just encourage people, though, to really go out. You're in the Springfield area to really go out on Saturday to the carnival if you've not already registered. And so in a little bit, I I want to invite you to leave your website again. But Lakeisha, you know, I know that putting a carnival together was not easy. And talk to me just a little bit, just what were some of the challenges that you would say that you had with putting this together? So to make folks aware of the importance of this. The buy-in, destigmatizing that it's even necessary. Mm-hmm. So the community coming out as, is this real? And what do I have to tell you about mm-hmm. my business <laughs> as, okay. to get this money or to participate? And our, our, our plan, our strategy is so opposite to what is the norm. Mm. We don't want to know your your issue. You, we're open to share it. We have people on site who could talk to, to individuals at every carnival mm-hmm. if they want to. It's, mm. it's holistic in a way in which it's it sounds suspicious or sus, as my 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 adult daughters will say, and it's not. It's as genuine and as authentic as it looks. 
We want to give you funding. We want not only funding, we want you to get resources. We want you to have access. So mm-hmm. we are like a, a trifold, if you will, of, of providing. Mm-hmm. Have a meal that day. Have mm-hmm. activities. Play bingo. My mother-in-law says she only comes because I do bingo. So if I don't have bingo, she's not coming. And she's a jokester. She loves me. Best mother-in-law ever. And she'll be there. My mom's there. She, mm-hmm. She's amazing. So when you say a person can talk to a therapist, they literally can walk up and talk with a therapist for a few minutes if they wanted to. Yes, because we have a sponsoring presenting agency mm. that the founder, the th- lead therapist and some supporters of the team are there. We want to make sure that that one stop that day, you're going to be able to maximize your access to mental health resources at the highest that is beautiful. That's beautiful. So, so you had the challenges of the buy-in. Have you seen the numbers increase over the years? Yes. And this year we're at our highest number yet. Mm-hmm. And we're so excited because we have additional funding. We have special grant, a one person grant funding. Once the traditional funding is exhausted, we have someone who comes in and does that. And so to be able to say, we are at about 90% at our max of mm-hmm. enrollment of registrants. We're excited. Well, and someone has already commented on YouTube that they can't wait to come. Oh, um, excited! So, so, yes. so I know that you know you had some challenges, and and not just with the buy-in. I'm imagining putting this together. Um, what encouraged you to keep going and working through the the just the task of putting this thing together? My the support of my family, my family they're amazing. My husband is my soulmate and he is there for whatever. And he is there to coordinate, to barbecue, my Mm. children, my parents, my, my spiritual family, uh, my natural in-law, everyone comes together. I have sister friends who say, Hey, what do you need? Every year I'm ready to drop it because I'm like, Lord, do you want me to do something else? Cause this is exhausting. and no, I'm tasked yet again another year to to go harder and to do more. And this year we have been provided a, a partnership in the location of Educare Springfield at 100 Hickory Street. And we're excited because we can utilize workshops indoors and we're utilizing the outdoor space and to see community coming together saying, hey, I want to support in this way. Again, mm-hmm. not only monetary, we okay. want to be able to create space for what ever you need. And if we don't have it that day, which is really doubtful, please be free to ask. And we are willing to continue to use our privilege platform. I and- love, and I love that you keep saying our privilege platform, because we all have a privilege, right? But Lakeisha, uh, I want to ask you one other uh, question before our time runs out. So there are people who are out there going, well, that's great that she did that. You know, I can't do that. And so my motto, again, is just like, do what you can. That's what this show is really about in, in, in terms of just think, highlighting that you've done what you can in your community. What words would you give to people to just find what they can do in the arena of dismantling racism? Do you have any words of advice for folks? Yes. Believe in yourself and believe that you have something to offer. So just get started, whether it's in a one-on-one conversation whether it's in sharing, again, your privileged platform in your space, whether it's small, large, and what have you, but just get started and believe that your voice matters and your transparency helps and saves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that because what you've done in that, you're, you've encouraged people to believe in themselves. But, but um, I think the other thing that for me, when I keep hearing you say that word privilege is to help people understand that you have something to offer no matter where you are in life. So you may be privileged in a different way than the next person. But so tell us again, then how we can register for this event. Okay. You can visit my website at www.coppageconsulting.com. Click on the community engagements tab, and it'll bring you right to the third annual event. You can submit a contact uh, and it will be sent to my email and um, explain any hardships you might have. Again, 
there is limited seats. So please reach out today if you're interested in joining us on Saturday. The event starts promptly at at 11.30 for check-in or for registration. And the program starts promptly at 12. Mm-hmm. And it ends promptly at two. And I'm overusing that word because I am very timely. And if you show up at 2.30 or three, the event will be over. So don't miss the opportunity to spend the day with us and learn more about mental health awareness, resources, and funding on behalf of Coppage Consulting LLC and the Families Privilege Platforms. That is wonderful. And Coppage is C-O-P-P-E-D-G. And you'll find that also on talkradio.com as well. Well, Lakeisha, it has been wonderful, wonderful, wonderful having you on the show today. I want to thank you for being my guest. I want to thank you for the work that you are doing in our community, spreading the word about mental health treatment. And I want to thank you, my listeners, for tuning in every single week to hear what we have to say. Please, if you would like to support us, go to sacredintelligence.com. Send us an email to learn the ways in which you can support the work that we do as well. And then I want to invite you to stay tuned for the Conscious Consultant Hour with Sam Leibowitz, where he helps you to walk through life with the greatest of ease and joy. May today you tap into that sacred part of you that allows you to make choices that manifest the good in you and those around you. Know that we are all one and exist because of one another. Make it a priority to share hope, love, compassion, and peace today. Be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, bye for now. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Passionate about the conversation around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 